Alex Trogel, what's up, bro? Mr. DJ, I'm living the dream. Yeah, yeah. I know, Best I know. I know how. You've been you've been out there, man. Everyone everyone knows what you're doing now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, can't hide from it no yeah. more. Well, uh, before we get into all that, let's take it all the way back from from the beginning. So, uh, well, first off, we've known each other a couple of years. Um, yep. Met through some business stuff. Yep. Um, I haven't seen you much lately because you've done moved off and you've been running around singing music and that's you know, right. Doing doing other grown grown men stuff. I spread my wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's. Let, how how did you get, first get into all this? Because you know, and and let me just preface this too. You're you're. Um, you have another band. You, you do your solo act, but you also have a band, Whiskey Revival. Correct. And you guys have been around for a while. But how did you, for all that, how did you get into music? Well, I like to say I'm just part of the band. Um, some of the guys have begun to argue that uh, I am the front man or I'm the leader or whatever. But that literally just came to be because I was playing solo. And, and, and you know, we'll get into that. We'll touch on it. But to answer your question, um, Music has been around as long as I can remember. My earliest memory is me. Um, we had this big house in Mansfield. It's still there. It's on Oxford Road in Mansfield, and it was built by a man named Don Glover, I believe, is who owned it originally. My parents bought it shortly right after I was born or right before I was born, and it had this big open den, and you stepped up into a a bar area so it had a it had a full bar i mean the mirrors the mini fridge a yeah. half bath pool table the works which had sliding glass doors that went out into this big swimming pool area and dad had this just kick-ass sound system you know turntable and tape deck and big speakers and ever since i can remember you know if he wasn't working if he was at home um if his band wasn't there rehearsing we had music going you know so there's some VHS tapes um, running around somewhere of me about this tall, you know, in a diaper singing along to Charlie Daniels when I was, you know, two, three years old. Yeah. So it, it got into me real early. Um, my dad, uh, Bill, played in a very popular band that he got into when he was in high school uh, with the Smith brothers, Mikey and, and Kenny Smith. They're from Shreveport. I grew up in DeSoto Parish. But they had a band, uh, the Doley Hills Band. Okay. And so they were wildly popular, played throughout the 80s. Um, what was their genre? Country, southern rock. Country, okay. So you, you think Honky Tonk, um, you know, Marshall Tucker, Charlie Daniels, gotcha. th- that that kind of vein. Um, Doley Hills kicked along there for a while. I think they went on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, and Dad started playing in a three-piece group with him and Kenny Smith and, and one other fella. And then that kind of morphed into Dolly Hills getting back together under the name stampede. So throughout the late eighties. And I think they, they finally, dad finally walked away from it. I want to say sometime around 90 or 91, between 90 and 92. So I was little. Remember I cried the day he told me that they were, that he wasn't going to be playing music anymore, but they played, you know, the revel and Mudbug and, Back in the gap before it was Flamingo, uh, this bar here at the, I guess, it, what's that, the Ramada? I don't even know what it is anymore. Yeah, Out by yeah, top, yeah, It used yeah. to be Ropers, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd play Ropers, and they'd play all these other different bars and stuff and, and travel around. So um, some of my earliest memories are of them because we had the big house, right? So they would, 
and dad had the PA system. So they'd keep everything set up there at the house and they'd come rehearse at the house and they were always playing. They were always rehearsing and they tell the story of me, you know, being little bitty, getting in there, crawling under dad's floor, Tom, going to sleep while they're playing. Yeah. And I'd wake up, they'd quit, they'd go on a break or something. The music would stop. I'd wake up fuss or whatever. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, it, always been around it. Uh, always been kind of enamored with it. I, 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 I like how music can, it translates so easy. I mean, you could sit and learn a hundred different languages and not be able to talk to anybody, but you play them the right song and they understand exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, that to me, that's what music is. So I, I try to, I try to just do what feels good and what I think sounds good. And fortunately, fortunately for me here lately, some other people tend to agree with that and they, they keep coming to see us and, uh, we we kind of play the same old stuff we've been playing since we got together in 2014, but it's still working. And as long as it keeps working and we keep having fun with it, we'll keep doing it. You know? Do you write music too? I do. Okay. I do. I write. Um, so I, I wrote and or co-wrote all of the music that's on Old Whiskey Revival's uh, record, album, gotcha, gotcha. CD, music, whatever it, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we put a we put a project out in 2016, I think. Um, recorded it here in Shreveport at Sandbox Studios with the very awesome and talented uh, Darren Osborne, whose father Joe played as part of the Wrecking Crew. Got you. Um, played on a bunch of big hits. Played bass on a bunch of big hits out in L.A. And then in the 80s, he moved to Nashville. And I want to say it's over a hundred number one hits that he played on Hank Williams Jr. You know, yeah. It's just this crazy list, you know. So Darren operates a studio here. It's in an old house over in Highland around Centenary, and it's very unsuspecting from the street. But you open the door and you realize immediately, man, there's something different about this house. There's no yeah. windows on the front of it, and the door is real heavy. And then there's another door that, and you you walk in, you're in the studio. Yeah. So. Uh, cool, cool space. Uh, I think they did some projects, uh, when the movies were real hitting, hitting real hard here. Like I think Jack Black did some voiceover work for Kung Fu Panda in there and Samuel L. Jackson went in there and recorded some stuff for soul men. So yeah. Darren's recorded a lot of, a lot of big time stuff, you know, right there in that little house. Um, so we did that in 2016 and it, uh, it was received well here right after it released, I'm rambling a little bit, but, you know, I don't really know how to start. Oh, no, you're good, man. Right after it released, we get this message one day randomly on Facebook from this guy named Shamblin Sexton from Brighton, United Kingdom. He's like, oh, I love your stuff. Can you send me a vinyl copy? You know, how much would it cost? And we're like, vinyl? We barely got this done, you know, like we don't have vinyl. Um, so he, we threw messaging back and forth. He's like, man, I want to play y'all stuff on my internet radio show, Whiskey Preaching. Okay, cool. So this guy, he takes his DJ equipment into like a pub in Brighton and these English people show up like on a Saturday night in cowboy hats and nut huggers and big belt buckles. And instead of listening to EDM or hip hop, they're listening to like outlaw country, classic country, honky tonk music. And it's like a big thing over there. So he's like, man, y'all, y'all stuff's really getting 
getting popular over here. Um, can I, can we work out a deal to, I want to put a compilation album together. I want to put one of y'all songs on it. Okay, cool. So we signed some paperwork and he sent this over to this German record company and they pressed this vinyl, this compilation album of all these awesome singers and bands you've never heard of that are wildly popular on his internet radio show. Oh, okay. So that, that did good. Then he called back and he's like, well, man, he's like, I want to do y'all's whole record on vinyl, uh, but it's not long enough for that format. Can you record one more song? So we had one kind of queued up. We went back in the studio, recorded it, sent it all, sent him all the masters, everything. And they pressed it on vinyl. So we have a vinyl record yeah. that was pressed in Germany. That's been distributed all throughout Europe. Um, and we probably sold more copies over there than I mean, we, he sent us a stack of them like this big when they got done and we've still got it. We're still selling them today. And that was shit six years ago. Yeah. You know, so that's been pretty cool to say the least, but old whiskey revival came about. I was playing solo acoustic. We, my parents and my wife and I, she was pregnant with our first child. And this has been 14 years ago, 14, 15 years ago. We used to eat at the Real Pickle all the time. I remember that place, yeah. yeah. Dude's awesome. Yeah. Um, Uncle Joe. Joe Monsoor, uh, his nephew is a really close friend of mine. We went to LSU together. Uh, Big Greg. Big Greg, if you see me. Big Greg and, and Jonathan Howell. I don't <laughs> okay. know if you know Jonathan Howell. He works for Matthew's Landscape. I don't, locally. I don't but, yeah. um, but eat at the Real Pickle all the time. We're out there eating one night. They got a guy on the patio, acoustic, get down. And I'm like, man, I can do that. And Mr. Joe's son, Joe, is like, you can do that? I'm like, yeah. He goes, sing me something right now. I'm like, right now? He goes, yeah, sing me something. So we're standing in the restaurant, and I just start belting pride and joy. He's like, all right, can you be here next Saturday? I'm like, sure. I didn't have a PA system. I had never played <laughs> live anywhere. So I called Bud Christian, local guy here, huge, huge in the, in the scene. He's toured with a bunch of big-time musicians. I called Mr. Bud and I said, Hey man, I, I need a PA system. Can I borrow one or rent? He's like, man, I rent that stuff. Just come see me at my storage unit. So I go meet him at the storage unit in Bozier and he gets me this little tiny stage pass Yamaha, just two little speakers with a little board that's built into the speaker. He's like, here's your mic stand, speaker, speaker stands, cable, just plug in here, turn it on. That's how you do it. So I give him a couple hundred bucks, whatever it is to rent it for the weekend. He's like, I tell you what, if you like it, you know, I think it's like 500 bucks. I'll sell you the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I made about $900 that night because, <laughs> you know, your biggest fan is your mama. And yeah. she was there and she was so proud. They had all their friends and, you know, through tips and, you know, the little 150 bucks and bar tab that I got paid. I was, I just took cash back to Mr. Bud. Like, here, I'll keep it. And then that's, that kind of got the ball rolling. I started playing there on a regular basis. And then next thing you know, I'm playing – uh, I, I met Bo Atkins. We started gigging around together. Yeah, um, he was really good friends with the owner of Strange Brew at the time. We we started organizing like writers rounds and playing with people like Cole Allen out of East Texas and Chris Canterbury, who's in Nashville now. And um, their careers just went. Yeah. and mine and Bo's are just like. Bo's awesome too, man. Bo's awesome. He's been on here. It's been a while since he's been on. I have to have him back on, but he's awesome, man. And I tell everybody, I was like, man. <clears throat> You got to meet Bo. If you've never met Bo Atkins, he's you never gotta, met a stranger. That you got to go meet Bo yeah. Atkins. Yeah. Uh, dude can sing and play his heart out, um, and he's he's doing it. You know, yeah. he's he's not a 
he's not a big time mainstream Nashville name and, and he'll probably be the first to tell you like he likes it that way. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He's, he's very anti-establishment and super proud of him. That <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's making his living, you know, doing what he loves, you yeah. know? So Bo and I are playing around and we're playing at, uh, strange brew one night and this old gal comes up to me. She's like, Hey, you're great. Uh, I booked for the horseshoe. You want to come play at the horseshoe? And I'm like, shit. I, yeah, I'll play at the horseshoe. So then I start playing at the horseshoe and then I start playing mud rides and, then it got to the point, I was like, man, this is, I'm doing the same. I'm kind of bored just doing the same thing over and over, playing by myself. Like, I'd really rather just be part of a band. And, yeah. Uh, Trent Darty, so John Garcia worked at The Real Pickle there for a little bit, and and his sister Jamie. And so we got to be, be good friends and started kind of jamming together there. And then uh, I eventually went to work for Eagle Distributing, and John was working there as well. We started gigging more, me and him. And uh, he's like, man, I'm in this band, uh, Magnolia May, uh, with my wife. and um, But we're kind of thinking about starting a side project, mm-hmm. like a little kind of country band. I was like, dude, I'd love to be a part of that. So he brings Trent out to the pickle one night to hear me playing. And Trent's like, dude, I like your style. Um, I'm throwing this crawfish bull birthday party for my dad. Um, would love for you and John come jam. So me and John, we go jam with Trent and that was the first real old whiskey revival. Show. Gotcha. Um, that was shit, probably April of 2014. Okay. And, uh, after that, the, the bass player for Magnolia May, Stevie Hensley and John Garcia, obviously, and Trent and myself, we got together, just started kind of practicing at John's house. And one thing led to another, we started booking gigs and then started writing some music. And then John decided, he's like, man, I, I don't want to play drums anymore. I want to come out front, sing, and play guitar. That's what I like doing. So we auditioned a couple guys, and we met Ryan Alexander uh, through a mutual friend. And Ryan was just a a natural fit, you know. And as they say, the rest is history. Uh, John took a hiatus for a little while. He was in, like, every band you could imagine. You know, he played in a metal band, Brother Wolf, and then he played with Magnolia May and – the the grass widows and you know he, he's in all these different projects so he kind of stepped back for a little bit but then came back in and um now here we are stevie moved to montana we got josh bertrand to come play bass and you know we're just doing our thing man yeah. we'll play wherever anybody wants us to play you know if it's a little bit di- more difficult now like you said i've moved away in 2018 uh been living in south louisiana ever since um three kids and a wife and the music doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take care of that stuff first, but every chance I get to come up here and we, we're playing this weekend playing. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be, it'd be last week, be last weekend, but <laughs> we're playing next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, so this is, uh, kegs and courts weekend. Yeah. You know, here in East bank. Um, so we'll be over at flying heart Saturday night, brand new restaurant in the boardwalk, I don't know if it's Trace Amigos or I think it's Three, three Amigos, amigos yeah, or so. uh, Roman Numeral Three yeah. and Amigos. <laughs> uh, we're playing there, so super excited about that. But then we'll be back here at Hurricane Alley uh, Memorial Day weekend. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's the one. I'm glad this is going to come out before then because that's the one folks are going to really want to come out for. Because I got got a couple of tricks up my sleeve for that Uh-oh. for that show. Okay. Okay. So, um, we talked about it briefly before we got got on here, but 
and I went on The Voice. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up next. Yeah, so how did how did how did that even happen? Like, so how did they find? How does this how does this whole thing work? Because I've had um I've had a few people on, and actually I had um I don't even know if you remember Doug Kiker, but he was on American Idol. He was a trash man dude. Yeah, do you remember that dude? Uh, I can. He recall. was on the show like two years ago, or whatever. Okay. And, um, so we briefly talked about that, but that was Zoom. We weren't in person, so we didn't get to get going yeah. depth. But like, how's that? How's that even happen? Well. I'll tell you, I auditioned for American Idol years ago. Okay. Stacy and I, Stacy's my wife, we drove to Nashville overnight. And the way you auditioned back then, and of course, kind of like, you know, 9-11, COVID, you got pre-COVID and you got post-COVID because yeah. things changed. But pre-COVID, you had to actually drive to a city. Do a casting call. Wait in line for two days. You get it. So they had the auditions at Bridgestone Arena, which for those that have never been to Bridgestone Arena, it's like CenturyLink Center times like four. There's two upper decks. Mm -hmm. It holds like 10,000 people, 10, 20,000 people, whatever. So you have to get a ticket to get in. So we get our ticket at like one in the morning on a Friday morning as soon as we got to town. And they're like, all right, be here at. 4 a.m. Saturday morning and you go show up at 4 a.m. and everybody's just crammed in the street there at Broadway where the Bridgestone yeah, Arena is yeah. and they're filming crowd shots and there's a director and he's like, everybody scream now, you know, whole lot of production. Right. You go in like cattle and you sit in. Of course, we were one of the last ones to get tickets. We're in the upper upper deck and they started the auditions at like eight in the morning and the whole floor is lined with tables with like just a little privacy screen between the tables and there's two to four producers at every table. So you walk down there in four columns and they go, all right, next go to this table here. You go to, it's like checking out at Academy. Yeah. You know, this one's open. <laughs> this one's open down here. Come on. Yeah. And so you stand there with three people and these producers go, Hey, how y'all doing? Good to see you. All right, go. And you get to sing and they're like, that's enough. Step back. Go. Oh, okay, this is without any go. equipment or anything, just acapella. Just acapella, straight. go. Okay. 15, 20 seconds. And they go, thank y'all so much for coming. Not quite what we're looking for this year. Ah. Please find the exit this way. So that was after 13 hours in the Bridgestone yeah, that's, Arena. That's what happened. <laughs> and I was like, this is horse shit. I'm never doing this again, ever. So in the meantime, the voice gets wildly popular. Right? Yeah. And then I start playing around town start playing with the band we start opening for all these big names and folks are like and y'all are really good y'all really you should go on the voice pass and you ever thought about going on american idol tried it pass not doing it years you should go on the voice hey i think you should go on the voice you should go on the voice hey you ever thought about going on the voice so the voice was similar i've known folks that have gone on it in fact i've known Cole Vosbury. Yeah, Cole, yeah. You know, so Cole Vosbury did it. Um, there's another kid from South Louisiana, uh, Guy Rigdon, who was on there just a few seasons ago. I say a few seasons ago. Shit, it's been before COVID. Um, and those guys made it into, the, like, the top two, top three. Mm-hmm. Dennis Bell, he's a local musician from Mansfield. He went on there. And back then, you had to do a similar American Idol. You had to go to, like, these open casting calls. And then if you got an executive call back, then you would fly yourself to Los Angeles and do that. Well, now everything's virtual. So it right. makes it convenient, easy, more accessible for more people. So I signed up a couple of years ago, created an artist profile, and every time they do an open casting call, I'd I'd submit one. 
and anybody can do it. I encourage anybody that sings or enjoys music, at least try it, you know, because it doesn't cost you anything. It's easy to do. All you need is your cell phone. And you schedule a time slot, and when your time slot's up, your portal opens, you get 90 seconds to introduce yourself, sing, and then you can re-record it a couple times. You've only got a certain window, so you can't just sit and re-record, re-record, re-record. Gotcha. First two or three times, you know, if you mess your name up or you mess up something, you, you get a couple chances in your window. When your window closes, it's open. So submitted a few of them, and it's real quick because they've got a casting agency watching them as they come in. You know, did one last summer and forgot I had scheduled it. I'm sitting in my office working, it pops up. I'm like, shit, I grab a cowboy hat, <laughs> set my phone up, grab my guitar. I have nothing prepared. I've prepared for everyone I've ever done. Have nothing prepared. I just start singing. Uh, thank you. Put my phone down. Throw my guitar back up. Take cowboy hat off. Go back to work. Hour later, get an email. Hey, we got your blind audition or your casting submission. Would like to give you a call back. Oh shit! Look at this. <laughs> I showed Stacy. She's like, "Oh, that's awesome." So, fast forward a few weeks, and I'm in freaking Los Angeles. You know auditioning for the voice yeah so that's how that all came it started just to shut people up like yeah you just finally said i'm gonna do it yeah all right i'll do it so i tried for a couple years and finally got through and uh messed around and went all the way to los angeles and got the blind audition and i i can't say enough good things about that whole production because american idol is very much about entertainment so they'll take the the bad with the good and make examples out of them. Right, and, right, yeah. Hey, look at this idiot. You know, yeah. the voice is 180 degrees in the other direction. And they tell you over and over from the time you start the process until the moment you're walking out on stage. Just remember, our whole goal is to make you look, sound, and feel better than you've ever looked or sounded or felt. And you you they it's like having hype men around you you know you're filming you're filming behind the scenes stuff and you're filming b-roll with them and and the cameraman like i remember we were filming doing some backstage stuff and the camera i was like what, what do you want me to do and he's like don't worry about it just just stand there for a second and and so they get the lighting right and they're like oh shit man he look, man he looks cool doesn't he man he looks cool and i'm like <laughs> I look cool. That's right. So they're talking to each other. They're not talking to me. And he's like, hey, man, uh, just walk over to that corner and turn around and walk back. So they're like, I just turn around and start walking. They're like, oh, shit. They're like, did you see that? Damn. Are you getting this? You getting this? And so it's like hyping you up. And you're like, damn, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a good looking son of a gun. And I just didn't even realize it. You know, maybe mama was right. So they, they do a really good job of that. And, you sit down to do the interviews and, and all that stuff. And it's like, I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? You know, well, what, what are we doing? Nobody cares what I have to say. I'm not important. I'm not special. And they're like, no, just be yourself. And if you say something that's, you know, makes you seem silly or like you're not a very smart person, don't worry about it. We'll edit it out. You know, we'll, we're going to make this. Their whole thing is to make you to build a story around you. Right. And, and to capture, you know, what is this guy's backstory? Why is he here? Why does he deserve to be the next big thing? Or why does she, what, what is compelling? What are people going to gravitate towards? So they yeah. do a really good job of making you look like just a regular old person that is just chasing a dream. Cause that's what you are yeah. at the end of the day. So it was a, uh, it was an 
unbelievably amazing experience. I made some lifelong friends while I was out there and I'd do it again every year if I could, you know, because it, I mean, it was just fun. The whole thing. Can was you fun. do it? Like I know in the other productions, like, can you do it again? Can you, you go back you, on? How does that work? You can. So there have been, I have seen in the past, there were even some folks on this season. Some of it was because of COVID. Yeah. Some of it was, there were, I think there were two ladies there that were actually, so I was season 23. The season that's on now is season 23. There were some ladies that were there from season 22 that actually made it to the blinds and didn't get a chair turn, so they got invited back or got the chance to. I'm not quite sure how all that works. Okay. Um, they they even tell you like you get when you get home, they're like, hey, you know, sorry you didn't get a chair turn. Would you ever be interested in doing it again? You know, we welcome you to to try again. Gotcha, you know, we gotcha. can we can put you back into the process, the selection process again mm-hmm. if you'd like. Um, so I think once you get a chair turn though, once you make it onto the show, it's kind of like a one and done deal. You know, there was a guy named Gedge out there this time who was with a group sheer element. He actually made it into the live shows as an individual, uh, on Kelly's team in 20 season 21. So the last season Kelly was on it before this season. He was on Kelly's team, made it to the lives, and, like, she turned her chair and turns around. She's like, what are you doing? But he's with a group, you know. So um, I think there's some little loopholes and stuff like that. So if you want, if I wanted to go start a, a quartet, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing next summer. Maybe we can start us a quartet and go out there and try again. You don't want me on there. <laughs> just, I could play about three chords. It's perfect. If you can play three, if you can, if you can play three chords, you can sing three chords, man. You can do it. Oh, I have man. faith in you. Yeah. Um, so, but what's really cool about this, and I guess I kind of picked this up from some of the like business networking side of it. Yeah. I, I kind of went into it with that mindset of, man, I don't really want to win this show. Or maybe I do. I don't know. The whole thing scared the shit out of me to begin with. I can imagine. Because it's, it's like, it's it's easy to sit back and dream and think about the what ifs. Yeah. And, man, I want to do this. Or I'd like to do that. But the average person, when you get your toe on the line and it's time to go go start running after it, it's like, well, I don't know. I got I got this coming up and... My kids are in school, and I got yeah. a really good job. And, man, do I really want to move? So then you, you start having all those doubts of, is this something I really want to do? So I approached it from a networking sense of, I'm going to go. I'm going to do the best I can. We'll see what happens. But most importantly, I'm going to meet as many people as I can that are in the industry. And out of that, I made some pretty good friends that made it a pretty good way in the show, one of which, um, um, Kylie, Dane made it on to team Blake. Um, she was just eliminated in the playoffs, uh, last week. Uh, but she's going to be here with us, uh, for our Memorial day. Nice. Okay. So she lives over in, uh, the Dallas area. Um, there's another girl that's over in the Dallas area. That's a really talented singer that I, um, made some connections with, um, through some, through some channels and so, uh, Caitlin Jewett, Caitlin Jewett's coming over and okay. Kylie Dane is coming over and okay. they're, the three of us are going to sit and do kind of like a song swap acoustic thing for an hour, hour and a half. And then old whiskey's going to play 
and they may or may not get up and sing with old whiskey a little bit. We'll see what happens. That's awesome. Um, but oh, yes, that's awesome. it's going to be cool. It's going to be a chance for folks in this area. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not only. I mean, it's great. You've already you, you've crossed. That's what you were talking about. Like, it's great you crossed those networks and you went into it that mentality because most people aren't because they haven't had that experience, right? So they'll just go in and just be closed off and just only be worrying about. Sure. Performance. Yeah. And, but you can get in there and meet people, man. Like it opens up opportunities for everyone. I mean, yeah. you know, for them, now they're coming over here. You're giving them a platform to perform here locally and be in front of people they've, that's never heard them probably or seen them unless they watch them there. Sure. You sure. Know? And then vice versa. You know, their network will now see you. you that's know? right. And so, yeah, I mean, that stuff's great. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and in the day and age of social media mm-hmm. and followers and, yeah. you know, if you go into something like this with the mindset of this is a competition, I'm, I'm not talking to my competition, yeah, yeah. man, we're not, you know, we're, we're not barbecuing. We're not throwing <laughs> darts. This, yeah. this ain't a baseball game. Yeah. You know, this, we're not going to play seven on seven. Like this is, it's music. It's, it's very objective. It's why they make chocolate and vanilla. What, what I listened to on the way up here, may or may not be what you listen to on your way home today. Yeah. And it doesn't make mine right or yours right or wrong. It's just different strokes, different folks, right? So if you go into that with mindset of, man, we're all talented people. We're all here for a reason. What can I learn from these other folks? How can I become friends with these people? What can they teach me? What can I teach them? How can we help each other to grow and become better artists and better musicians? You know, I've been writing music with some of these folks. You know, we we kick song ideas back and forth um, because you 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 get a gag order on your social media yeah. from the time you're out there until it airs. So you can't post online singing or nothing. Well, for a uh, a narcissistic attention seeking musician, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't go get your validation on social media, how are you going to do it? So then you start messaging back and forth with all these other people that have this shared experience with you. Yeah. So for weeks we're back and forth in snapchat and text messaging and hey what do you think about this hey listen to me sing this song you know and it it's it's weird because it's almost like a tra- being through a, in a traumatic experience with other folks it's like you can't talk about it it's this amazing thing that's happening all you want to do is tell everybody and you can't tell anybody anything yeah you know even when you know it's coming and even when they give you the green light of okay you can tell folks you auditioned but you can't tell them we're not even going to tell you when you're coming on yeah. We're not even telling you when you, yeah, we're not even going to tell you if your episode's going to air. Yeah. Because that was something whenever you released, you were, you were going to be on no one, no when, new when, you know? So, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm getting, I'm getting blown up Yeah, and family members. I mean, I'm just getting crucified. Really? Like I watched it, you know, the group chat, I'm, I'm in so many group chats. It's, it's gross, but one of my favorite group chats is all my best guy friends. Yeah. It includes the band guys and some other dudes. And, it's like, I sat here and watched this shit, and you're not even on it? Like, <laughs> what is this? You better be on it tonight. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Just, just keep watching. And I, and I told everybody, I was like, don't watch it for me. Watch it because I could be there, but really pay attention to what you're seeing. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the folks that I met out there, there are thousands of incredible singers and musicians you've never heard of Mm -hmm. and the saddest part is there's thousands more that you'll never hear of yeah you'll never even know they existed yeah you know one of the first days i walked in you know you you're walking through the hotel and you can hear everybody 
like practicing in their rooms. You know, you're on a whole, you're sequestered on a whole floor of a hotel and you're walking through and you're hearing these people sing in their rooms. And it's like, man, there's been a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I, I think they got my, I think I got my shit mixed up with somebody else's because, uh, I can't do what's happening on the other side of that door. Yeah. Like that sounds like Celine Dion in there. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Chris Stapleton in that room, you know, the hell am i gonna do you know they're gonna laugh at me um but my wife she brought me back down there she's like there's a reason you're here there's a reason you're here there's a reason they picked you you need to just lean into it be yourself and and you know let it let it ride kind of deal so it was cool man um i'd I'd love to have the opportunity to do it again but you know they say lightning doesn't strike twice yeah um you can't ever tell what's going to happen but Well, not only even like there's so many people that I've watched these shows and I remember them and they're still doing great things. You don't have to win to become a star. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I I think Morgan Wallen's a great example of that. I didn't even know he had been on The Voice. Yeah. You know, I quit watching it there for a while. We watched it religiously in the beginning and then, you know, just life happens and it's like, Sitting and watch TV on a Monday, Tuesday night. Like I don't watch any of them, but I watch I watch the reels and the clips, and I'll be like, "Holy shit, that person is amazing!" Yeah, like this. Um, and it wasn't a voice; it was I think it was American Idol side. This Samoan dude. Have you? I've seen. Holy shit! Yeah, that dude can sing. That dude like makes gives me goosebumps. Yeah, like just watch and imagine what it sounds like live. You're just looking at the phone. He's very reminiscent of. what was that Reminds guy? Reminds me like a is, Jack Johnson and a. Um, well, there was the guy that did. I want to say his name was Israel. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name. It's a Hawaiian. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guy. He passed away. The you've heard him sing somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he has that vibe. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he has that vibe. this dude is like the reincarnation of him. But yeah, he's played a few things. And I was just like, man, holy shit! But yeah. I, there's something I grew up. My my grandmother played and sang for years, and half of my family played little, little picking and grinning. There's right. always around, like and they um like I just I guess I appreciate when I hear certain tones or like you know how people synchronize. I'm like oh, I didn't realize that that's in me until I these things sure. are presented to me, and I'm like that's a really unique sound. That's amazing how they harmonize there. And I'm like holy shit, I'm doing that right now. And yeah. Don't realize I'm doing it because yeah. you've been around it so much. Yeah. Um, and you get, you have more appreciation for it. And some people just like, Oh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. just keep going. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. I ain't my bag. Put on, put on some Clint black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to have appreciation for it to, but yeah, that's something that a lot of, a lot of people look at it from what I've experienced is they don't realize that also there's people on the show like you who have experience playing and this is just a whole new outlet for you. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. there's some people who've never performed at all and they're just taking a chance and that's that's insane too it's it's two different extremes right that's what's uh that's what's so crazy when i reached out to kylie about coming here i was like hey you know, you're only a few hours away yeah um why don't you come over we can hang out get to catch up because we haven't seen each other since we were in los angeles um and i can put you in front of like I can put you in front of a crowd of people that yeah. like music, you know, yeah. like this is the place to do it. It's not too far from your house and it, and it branches you out. She's like, book, I've never, uh, I've never gigged before. Oh, really? I'm like, well, there you go. She's like, no, like, she's like, I just sing in my bedroom and like I'll audition for the voice. And That's insane. I was like, you're singing on freaking national TV and you've never, she's like, 
Never. I was just a college kid. Like, I was like, well, you got to start sometime, honey. <laughs> yeah. get, in, get in the truck. I'm just listen. She's like, all right, let's do it. So she's going to come over. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I awesome. think I think folks that um, keep, you know, don't come to see Old Whiskey Revival. Come to see good music yeah. and have a good time. And, man, I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed with Kylie or Caitlin because they're both – phenomenal singers i mean kylie can sing celine dion you know yeah. she <laughs> she's got that kind of power yeah caitlin same way she's got this beautiful buttery just southern voice so uh really 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 excited about having the opportunity to do that with what, them what do you think about like this this reincarnation of this 60s country coming back into into fruition of like the modern spectrum right more i love it dude more I bring more i bring this person up all the time but like i love charlie crockett dude yeah i love what he's doing you just know, saw like, him two weeks ago did you where uh at the texas club in baton Rouge. hell yeah I, oh yeah he was down there i saw him uh last time i saw him was here in town and then before that was in uh in tyler but he's coming back to tyler next this month yeah, this month. Shit, yeah. I think it might be this weekend. I don't know. It is. It, is it uh, no, weekend? it was. Is it uh, it no, was last weekend. It was? He was yeah, in. Uh, he was at a festival in Tyler That's last what it weekend. Was. Yeah, because I wanted to go to that, and we did. We had an event. That's I'm gonna right. tell you, man. I've, I've seen a lot of live shows, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of um, big time live. Like you know, I've seen Aerosmith. I've seen Steven Tyler. Yeah, me too. I, I've seen. Um, man, I've seen. I've seen all these big shows. I've seen Garth Brooks. Yeah, I've seen the big ones. I have never seen anybody command a crowd like Charlie Crockett yeah. with with what he's doing. You know, it's it's easy to get out there with Aerosmith behind yeah. you, and or, it's rocking, or be, and everybody's uh, drinking beer, or Garth Brooks, or and Tommy Lee flipping upside down the drums. Yeah, scene. it's it's easy to have yeah. those gimmicks and the lights and yeah. the pyrotechnics and the rock music, and and do that and command a crowd. Mm-hmm. When you've got an accordion player on stage, you better bring it, son. Well, it reminds me, it's like a Hank Williams feel mixed with something else, like a modern, you know, like a, a Rip Hank Williams Sr. Yeah. You know, like it, oh, yeah. Um, but I, I just love, I don't know what it, I grew up listening to that type of music. Like, I, I always loved, not so much that far back, but like I always grew up listening to the, with my dad and them, uh, Loretta, Conway, you know. Oh, yeah. Not, George we, Jones. George Jones. Yeah, we didn't get into the uh, too much of the outlaw country. I started listening to that on my own, you know. But we listened to that old, the old classic stuff yeah. that 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 was. I, I feel like it was the beginning stages of outlaw country because it they shook the they shook the game up a little bit. Talking right. about you know divorce, you know, oh, yeah. and, and alcoholics. And, oh yeah, you know, all these things and yeah. That's what's crazy. I mean, in 2023, you can sit and listen to stuff in from the 60s, and it. Just not even you not even give it a second thought. They're talking about divorce, right, and right, right. Loretta Lynn taking the pill, yeah. and but that that was controversial back then. Hell yeah, it was. But people don't realize that they Long, to, having hair past your ears was was controversial yeah. back then. A woman you know? having a voice was controversial back then. You know That's what I mean? right. I mean, it was. That's right. That's right. So those those folks were pioneers, and and Charlie Crockett, man, he's his music being a cross of like jazz funk country it's so weird you can't put it in a box I think that's why I love it so much I'm gonna he, tell you dude he had that he had that bar right here all night long and he could do he could yeah. be playing he could just turn his hip yeah. a little bit and everybody would just like ah! 
I know. And I was like, look at that. I like, kept looking at Stacey. I was like, I was like, did you see? And she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, what the, what is happening right now? Like, I get up there, I'm screaming in the microphone, I've got fucking sweat pouring, and people are like, play something good. <laughs> and this dude just literally just turned around and looked at his drummer, and like three women yeah. fainted, another one got pregnant, and that dude just filed for divorce. <laughs> What is happening right now? Yeah, you then know? he's got the, like the rhinestone cowboy mixed with Elvis kind of vibe. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you if I you if you like that, and if you've never heard of them already, there is a Swedish band called the Countryside of Harmonica Sam. Have not heard them, but I will check them out. Yeah, them and Jacob James. Yeah, Jacob James. When you pull Jacob James up on iTunes, it looks like an album cover from the sixties. Yeah. It's until you go look and see, oh, this was released in 2019. Mm -hmm. You go, oh, shit, this is just a classic country album. Looks, sounds like everything is done to a T. It's like it's in a time portal or time capsule, portal capsule, whatever. Time Um, machine. What I I would say for folks listening or watching, go to iTunes. If you're into that kind of music, go to iTunes, type in Countryside of Harmonica Sam or Jacob James or the Reeves Brothers. And then just hit create station and then just go down that rabbit there you hole. Go. That's how you, that's what I do. With Get you. on a road trip or, you know, go sit on your back porch, light you up one of them left handers, get you a cold pop and just, just go down that, that, well, that wormhole. Well, he's one extreme. And then you have like Sturgill Simpson who's, you know, like, yeah, who's a whole, like there's just so a whole many, different bag of tricks. Yeah. But it's still got an old sound to it. You know, that's like right. it, that has more of an outlaw feel, but like a raspy, you know, raspy more. In that face that was another one that we saw him at the Sanger. I've never seen him live. I'd love to. But. Uh, buddy, hold on tight. I bet. It was, it was unbelievable. We, we, I, I thought the crowd was going to tear the Sanger to the ground before it was over with. And the last song he did, he come out and I think it was call to arms. Maybe, um, he's, you know, he's banging on that guitar right at the end. The band starts winding it down. They do the final drum roll. And, and when they do that, he takes that Telecaster off, waves to the crowd, and just throws it up in the air and turns and walks off stage. He's off stage before it ever hit the ground. And it hit just, and just feedback. And everybody's like, ah. I was like, <laughs> boys, we got to get out of here. They're fixing a riot in this place. He's done, he has incited a riot yeah. in the French Quarter right now is what's yeah. fixing to happen. He was incredible live. Blackberry Smoke's another one, which yeah. that's a little bit of a gear shift. It's not really classic country. It's more in the southern, veins of southern classic rock. southern rock. Yeah, but they, no, they have some good stuff too, man. They're, uh, they're really great in concert. Gary, Gary Clark Jr. Oh. oh, my God, dude. Yeah. One of the best guitar players I've ever heard. Him and Tab Benoit. They're, those people that... Gary Clark's got his platform now, but sure. Tab Benoit is not like, God, I wish more people would listen to him. He's Absolutely. coming here in a couple of weeks, I think. Is he? Yes, he is. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be his free station. He he played here at, uh, at the um, the alley uh, a couple months ago. Really? He'll be at Shreve Station, I believe, next weekend. Or, or Yeah, I believe it's next weekend. Man, i got to get on some kind of mailing list. I can't yeah. believe I missed it. I've never seen – I haven't seen him Dude, yet. you have to. You uh, have to see him live. I really want to see Tab Benoit. I'm – I don't listen to a lot of new mainstream stuff, and I don't want to sound like that eclectic ass like music connoisseur because it's not. I only drink craft beer. Yeah, no, fuck that. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. I only. I'm not. I'm not only listening to bands no one ever heard of. You know, I'm not yeah. that person. But like, yeah. I just have some shit I like. And, you hipster. Yeah, I know, right? Like, um, I'm not that guy, but I just don't listen to a lot of the mainstream stuff, and so it doesn't. I don't hear it until it's played somewhere. 
you know, sure. in the background or something. I'm like, oh, I recognize that song, but I don't sure. know who it is. Um, but those are the few people that I that are, are still putting out music that I do listen to. You know, yeah. Um, uh, and here's my thing with mainstream country music. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good. Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's well produced. Can we please just stop calling it country music? Can we it's just not, call it's it pop? It's, it's pop, pop music, it's pop. and I I love pop music. Yeah. I, I I think it's great. It has its place in the world. But let's let's stop calling it country because yeah. it's not. You can't you can't take In Sync or the Backstreet Boys or Nile Horan voice plug and. <laughs> put a banjo over the top of it and call it country music. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Country music. You need to tell a story with some depth to it, not tailgates and tan lines and Dixie cups and jacked up trucks and mud. And like that was a joke when David Allen Coe and, and Steve Goodman and Charlie Prine wrote perfect country Western song. Yeah. It was a joke, people. It yeah. was a joke. They weren't being serious. It was a joke. Y'all took it too far. Y'all taken it too... Listen to me, Nashville, if you can hear me. <laughs> you took it too far. It was a joke, man. Get off it. Let's get back to some real stuff. Let's let's put more Jason Isbell out there. Let's put more Charlie Crockett, more Sturgill Simpson, more Tyler Childers. I think they're laying the pavement for themselves. I really do. I think they are, I, too. I, because... Well, you look what Cody Jinks has done. Yeah. You know, Cody Jinks is multi multi platinum yeah. selling artists yeah. never been on country radio yeah they're doing it like and you i didn't realize this until i saw charlie the first time live like two years ago and i stumbled upon him listening to his early stuff before he kind of started transitioning back to which i i liked his early stuff too which yeah. is more jazz feel that jazzy right? stuff it's like yeah. a mix between jazz blues and old country in, me. in the night is a monster in the album. night fucking uh silver dagger silver Duh, dagger man. that whole album <laughs> yeah that, that whole, whole album, album was banger, dude. It was a banger. <laughs> so that like and so when i went and saw him live i just didn't expect him to have that large of a fan base especially locally here because yeah. most people that I run into do not talk about that type of music. But I've talked about this a long time ago on the show and I haven't brought it up since, but some people are so self-conscious about sharing what type of music they listen to yeah. and the privacy of the, yeah. the, you know, just them and the music. And I think people are starting to get more and more open because there's so many different styles now. Like you can't really put everything in a box anymore. Like it's That's not right. like this is a genre because I feel like, you know, in the 60s when they had their things going, you know, 70s or 80s and 90s, whatever it was, they're like, this has to go here. Sure. And so your producers, your label's going to say, well, you have to you have to change this word and cut it this way because we need to stay in this, this lane. It's business. Yeah, but there's so many different lanes now, and you can market yourself now, and you really don't have to pick up a label if you don't want to. And, sure. And, you know, I mean, you can pretty much do what you want. But Absolutely. you see a lot of regurgitation of things that come from – that we've seen in the past, but maybe – a different it's put out different now because they can you know yeah that's right just because you could do it you didn't think about whether you should right and um no man i i i totally agree with that you know you come you come to an old whiskey show you're gonna see um a big hairy sweaty man <laughs> singing singing uh southern rock and outlaw country but if I get in, if you see me leaving the gig in my truck and I'm bumping Britney Spears or some Dua Lipa, just mind your business. That's okay. <laughs> it's it's what I do in the privacy of my pickup truck is is no one else's concern, yeah. and it just made me the the well listened person that I am. Because yeah. a lot of people say it, well, I listen to anything. No, you don't. 
No, you don't. You listen to like five or six things and that's okay. You don't have to say, Oh, listen to everything. Cause no, nobody listens to everything. Mm-mm. You you might listen to a lot of different stuff, but there's one or two things you really like. And I used to, I used to be all over the map, man, but now it's, you know, it's, it's that sixties to eighties country, which are so different. You know, you think about oh, the difference between, different. You, you think about the difference between the grand tour and Ronnie Millsaps. There's a stranger in my house. I fucking love Ronnie Millsap. Have you seen him live? I've never seen Holy him live. Holy shit. So he opened. And neither has he. <laughs> he snuck one in. I went there. You are a dad. I went there. So he, um, he opened for George Strait. Um, locally, um, this is probably 15 years ago. I don't know how long. it's been a long time. Um, oh, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, dude! And yeah. most people don't even know who that is. So if they're listening, watching now, I look him up. Listen, listen, holy shit! Yeah, the dude is phenomenal. And Ronnie Millsap is blind. Yeah, for, for <laughs> there you go for, the, for joke reference. So Steve Steve Hensley is a dear friend of mine. Uh, he was a bass player for Old Whiskey and mm-hmm. for Magnolia May. Uh, and then he moved to Montana and betrayed all of us. I'm just kidding, Steve, if you're listening or watching, I just miss you and I'm bitter about it. Um, we were driving to, I I don't even know where we were driving, but we were driving me and him late one night and Ronnie Millsap came on. I was like, well, it's a shame. He didn't never get to see how big he got. He goes, Ronnie Millsap ain't dead. And I'm like, no, he's not dead. He's blind. He goes, Ronnie Millsap ain't blind. And I'm like, hell yeah, he's blind as a bat boy. No, he ain't. I was like, look it up. He looked it up. He went, oh, shit, Ronnie Millsap's blind. I was yeah. like, yeah, there's a stranger in my house, somebody I can't see. Yeah. He's blind. He's, he's like, literal about all He's that. like, damn, I just thought it was just like a metaphor. <laughs> I was like, no, man, he's he's, he's blind as a bat. Uh, Trent always tells a story about seeing him in, uh, I forget where he saw him at, but said he'd come out to the edge of the state. Like, he'd get up. He's like, Ronnie Millsap ain't really blind. Somebody's walked around on stage. I saw it. I'm like, no, nah, man. He, he just, he, he's like Ray Charles, man. He counts him still. Like, he's yeah. been out there. He's counted yeah, they the have steps. the same you set know? every, every yeah, time. He knows where that, how that stage well, is I saw set him, up. I mean, they walked him out and he walked back. I mean, but I mean, I don't even know. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he played, he's, he did run the casino circuit. You okay. Know? Okay. Um, he's one of those that I need to, I need to make a better effort to go see. Isn't because, that interesting? Like how everyone has their reign. And then sometimes they'll go like the Vegas route and kind of sizzle off there. Well, and they're playing to where their fan base is at. Right, right. And, and it's know? great because every single show for them is like what it was whenever they popped off. Yeah. Because those people are coming That's right. with the same the same um, excitement, and they're right there, and it's like it's like they never left the spotlight. Yeah. You know? Have you ever been to the Texas Club in Baton Rouge? No. You should go. I don't think – no, I have not. I've been – is it downtown? Uh, no, it's okay. no, it's like been. off of Florida, over kind of where Florida Boulevard and Airline Highway come together. Okay, yeah. It's kind of over in that part no, of town. I don't think I may have. I don't think so. Dude, they've had anybody who's anybody in country music or rock and roll, for that matter, has played there. You go in and they got all the old concert posters on the wall, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, all the, like Chris Stapleton was there in 2015 yeah um ronnie millsap's been there a dozen times yeah. garth brooks played there george Strait played there willie nelson's been in there um freaking levon helms played and you know all these different people you go and you walk around it's like holy shit man willie nelson was here you know so yeah. ronnie millsap i say that to say this ronnie millsap ain't play his his fans aren't going to the texas club anymore right, right. they're they're going to the spend their retirement money at yeah. casinos, yeah. so he plays at the casinos. Yeah. Um, kind of the same with, you know, you see some of the other 
older guys from the 80s and 90s. I mean, that's, I saw John Conley a couple of years ago. That was that was great. That was wasn't awesome. John Conley just here? He was, I believe so, but I saw him a few years back. Okay. Because they had some rose-colored glasses for sale, and I was like, I'm buying the motherfuckers, and I still got them. <laughs> Sold. And I'm getting All three day. pairs, one for All the truck, one for the house, and one for the boat. Like, All day, man. Like, why would you pass that up? Oh, like, my God. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that whole era of... I forget what they – there's a name for it. It's like Cosmopolitan Country or something like that. I didn't know they put a stamp on there's it. A, so there's a really great documentary, and you may have seen it, Ken Burns Country Music. No, I haven't. You know, Ken Burns, he does all the Vietnam yeah, yeah. stuff. He's got one on baseball. It's on PBS, so you can download the, the LPB or PBS app to your smart TV. Cannot recommend it more. It's like a nine-part docuseries, and each episode's like two and a half hours long. Is it going through, like, the origins – Buddy, it starts in like the 1800s. Okay. And, you know, back in them days, it was, you know, like Irish folk music yep. coming through Appalachia mixed with race music is yeah. what they called it. You know, what, you know, former freed slaves were playing. Yeah. You know, making banjos out of gourds, mm-hmm. you know, like they did in Africa. And how all these different styles of music, drumming and banjos and mandolins and, and violins all came together. And it, it talks a lot about Jimmy Rogers, not the blues guy, the blue yodel number nine guy right, from Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Um, talks about, you know, the early days of country music. And he was like the first big country superstar. And then it gets in the, the Hank era and then goes all the way up into it. It cuts off like right in the, the Garth Brooks era, like as as he kind of turned it into more arena rock. Mm-hmm. That's where the documentary cuts off, you know, but it's. It's everything, and it is super Everything deep. leading up to that. And it, yeah. and I, when I say everything, it's not a 30,000-foot view. Like, it is a drilled-down country bluegrass. This is how this music happened, and this is what led to it, and this is what led to it evolving over time. And it's so well done. I can't. You need to dedicate some time to do it because every episode, like I said, is like two, two and a half hours long, and there's nine of them. Yeah, I'll check it out. So, good – Good rained out Saturday. You can't get in the grass. The the kids don't have a ball game. You know, definitely pile up because uh, it's it's worth the watch. Yeah, I'll check that out. That's uh, yeah. I'm, I've always been impressed with it. I don't. If you talk about my playlist, dude, holy shit! I mean, what the music we talked about. But I listen to Southern Soul, bro, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" I was like, "I fucking love it, dude." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do. I listen to shit out of that, and uh, and then I, I still throw in Metallica and stuff in there. And I don't listen to much hip hop anymore. If I do, it's old hip hop. I was listening to Lamb of God yesterday oh, on yeah. the on the battle bike, just yeah, hell old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, and then I got in the truck and listened to freaking I don't know Queen or something going home. It's yeah. like okay, chill out now. I'm listening to something. This morning, I'm trying to think of what I listened to. The first few things I listened to on the way out, I think I was listening to Dirks Bentley up on the ridge for a little while this morning, and then I shifted. I, I might even listen to some Ronnie Millsap today, and then I, I listened to some podcasts. I'm glad podcast. you him because I haven't listened to him in a while. And I'm in the vehicle moving around a lot, so I listen to, I listen to way more podcasts than I do um, music sure. these days, and I don't know why. Um, well, but you're I feel like, your craft. I feel like I think I just – well, for me, I just feel like it's constantly – like doing something like I feel like listening to music is almost like cutting completely off. Sure. When I'm listening to podcasts. I'm learning something constantly. And I feel like that I just always need to be taking information if I can. What's your go-to podcast right now? Frequency interrupted. <laughs> I listen to myself, man. I listen to, I listen to a wide range of stuff. I, I don't really listen to like business crap anymore. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I like Gary V. He's cool. Um, I listen to a lot of Rogan. You're not listening I, to the BNI podcast every week oh, anymore. Fuck no, <laughs> I, well, see, I'm an education coordinator for my little chapter, so I'll, I'll preface some, listen to them a little bit, and then I'll assign them to the group and ones yeah. that I know are worth listening. Sure, to. sure. Um, but I haven't listened to Gary V's. Gary V's uh, good, man. He's good. Um, he's pretty up to date. Basically, he has a marketing company um, that's global. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started in a, in a selling wine with his dad. They, they had like he started. He was the first person to ever sell alcohol online. Oh, and he wow! Turned it to an internet business, and then from there he learned how to market and do internet marketing. And then he started up his own marketing firm. Okay. And so, but he's really, really popular in, young, in a younger generation. He's real trend. You know, he's he's on trends all the time. So he's he's so up to date. So if anyone's wanting to like stay in the know of the digital space, sure, he's one to kind of listen to. Okay. I don't listen to him as much anymore. I, I love listening to Rogan when it's um, not so much comedians bullshitting, but more an interesting individual that I can take a lot of information for, from. You ever have you gotten into Huberman Labs? Oh uh, yes, Andrew Andrew Huberman. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Huberman? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've listened to that. Um, that dude's super smart. Yeah, or at least he seems to. He's smarter than I am. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's extremely intelligent. Um, but I just love. I love like stumbling upon the people you would have never heard of had they not had a chance to be on that platform. Sure. And that's what I like doing here. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's exact same thing. So like, I don't even listen to them to try to hone my craft. I just listen to them because I literally legitimately enjoy hearing about people, about things I've never have no fucking clue about. Right. You know? Okay. And if we can create some relative conversation in between, great. But like, yeah, when I have no, absolutely no idea. Now when we go to astrophysics, that's a little too much. That's too much of a reach for me, you know. Yeah. But if we're talking about fucking aliens or something, you know, like our, you know, or, or some, special military operations, give me something or, weird. Give yeah, me something or weird. Like, or why coyotes are, you know, now a species that's taken over invasive species. You know, like just weird yeah. shit. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm got, the king I, of like useless f- information. I get, absolutely, I love. It. You never know when somebody's going to invite you to go play trivia at Hooters, and you need to be. <laughs> You need to have your 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 game on point, up. you know. Uh, yeah, I do the same thing. I bounce around a lot because it's like I want to listen to something educational, and then in the middle of my ten hour drive, I'm like, Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to like a. I can't do a specific listen to this for this task driven. Yeah, listen or or even a book on Audible. I can't hardly do it. But if I can listen to a conversation, I pull so much more out of that. Sure. For sure. me, you know, everyone's yeah. different, man. I tell you what, and you may have heard it already, but there's a a great uh, episode of Joe Rogan with um, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, from like it's been a ways back, like six eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. and it's like four hours long. Yeah. And do they get into some? Yeah, boy, they get off there. Yeah. <laughs> they get to talk about DMT and everything. Yeah. It's like, whoa, man, that's and, a that was a really good episode. Theo Vaughn's great. If you listen to him, that's God. This past baby. weekend, this that's past God. Week, yeah. <laughs> He's always great, man. He's he's good to see live too. Yes. Pride and joy of South Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, man. Covington, right? Yeah, yeah, Covington. yeah. yeah. Uh, Covington. Yeah, that's right. I was in Covington last week. My son's wrestling in Covington last week. That place week, is blowing up. Uh, I hadn't it's been insane. there in a long time, yeah. and I was like, "It's insane." Well, damn, this place is really nice. Let's talk about this because we breezed past it, and I want to bring it up. And I've already yeah. brought it up to multiple people. What the fuck is in the water in DeSoto Parish? We're all y'all like you. You all come from there. We're like all these talented individuals that can play music and sing, or like seem to just come from that pool. Like, and uh, what is it? I I don't know, man. I, I I like to attribute it to we're close enough to 
what I consider the cradle of country music in Shreveport. You know, Nashville is just where it landed, but man, a lot of it happened here. You know, the Hayride was, the Hayride was the first and it was the biggest before the Opry ever got going. The Opry was a, was to try to sell insurance, you know, and then it turned into what it is today. I, I don't know, man. I, I guess it's just something in the water. There ain't a whole lot to do down there. It's got to be. It's not a coincidence that these this many people, like the multiple people I've talked to, multiple people I know, and like you guys, like what's going on down there? Yeah, you got you got Lucas Jagnos from there. Cody Cook, Cody Cook, and I went to middle school together. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Johnson, Tilden Gillum. Yeah. Kyle Roop is yeah. probably one of the I don't know top twenty best guitar players in the country yeah. maybe world I, I don't know i mean he's he's better than most people i've ever heard you know um he grew up down there um still lives there um trying to think who got tilden gillum which he's from oklahoma but we'll claim him because he spent some time in desoto parish um I, I don't know man it's just they just ain't a whole lot to do down there. Yeah. You know, when I grew up. That's what everyone says. We don't have nothing else to do, man. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, fuck no, but still. Like, there's so many people that are from remote areas with absolutely nothing to do. And you know. They can't fucking sing. So, that's not it, you know. Mansfield. Mansfield was a totally different place. Oh, 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah. You know, 30, 20, 30 years yeah. ago. When I was a kid, it was a totally different place. Yeah. Um, you know, there just wasn't any. There, there were things to do, but it was, you know. You went to watch Wolverines play on Friday night, and you had the Dixie Youth Park out by the airport, and we had the Blueberry Festival. The Blueberry Festival was a big – I mean, that was a big event. You know, it was the biggest event in DeSoto Parish every year. I I don't know, man. There's a lot of people from DeSoto Parish that that play and sing, and there's a lot of them that you've never heard of that are down there that, you know, the – my dad always talks about the Galancy family and how talented they were. Um, my dad would be a great person to talk to about this because he, he knows everybody that's ever lived in Mansfield, I think, <laughs> um, since the dawn of time. Uh, my family got to Mansfield in the, I don't know, I guess the 20s. My great-grandfather um, was born here in Shreveport, and he was recruited by neighbors to come build trailers for him down there. So neighbors trailers built these big heavy duty gotcha. like a, tractor trailers. Um so he moved from my grandfather was born in 1918, lived in a house on Wall Street over like where Strange Brew is. Yeah. You know, you see all those old dilapidated houses that at one point in time that was a big residential area. You know, my grandfather was born there, lived there uh, until he was I don't know six seven years old and uh they moved to mansfield in the mid-20s um my grandmother came from east texas her daddy was a machinist and he built forms for dragline buckets okay Uh, and he worked at the foundry there in mansfield that's how my family came to be but before then i mean mansfield's got such a rich history i encourage anybody that's never been go to the battle park yeah go to the battle park read about the battle of mansfield you know, everybody gets up in arms about the Confederate monument. Politics aside, it's still history. Um, there's a reason that monument was erected. You know, at the time, whatever. Shreveport was the capital 
of the state, the people that lived here were defending the, their state capital, and that's how the Battle of Mansfield came to happen. Yeah, um, and it was actually one of the largest battles I think fought in inside the Confederate states, um, and it was kind of pointless because I think at that point in time the war was basically over. Um, the, the information just hadn't gotten here to them. Yeah, about, you know. Yeah, the they didn't have their Twitter account <laughs> right. set up right, so they didn't they didn't see the notifications. Um, but yeah, dude, that that battle park is is very well preserved, um, very well curated. There, uh, President Taylor, um, Zachary Taylor, no, Zachary Taylor was the yeah Zachary Taylor, uh, no, Zachary Taylor was the general. Dude, I, Andrew Taylor I maybe. Remember. Yeah, that sounds I'm, right. That sounds right. As much as I love history, I, I'm terrible with names. Uh, I learned that shit one for one year, and I don't remember anymore. <laughs> there was a U.S. president yeah. named Taylor. Yeah, and I want to say it's Andrew. It sounds right. And his son was a confederate general and president taylor's bible is in that museum in mansfield okay there's all kind of cool stuff like that that you can go see and read about the the guys that run that museum down there are really knowledgeable um i had family on both sides my grandmother and my grandfather's side i had family on both sides that fought in the battle of mansfield so it's a place that's rich in history that people are really proud of um, I don't know, man. There's something about DeSoto Parish. It's just, and there's a lot of folks now. It's been diluted with folks, you know, from Shreveport, you know, moving out that way, and that's okay because everybody's welcome. But it's a different place than it was when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I graduated from North DeSoto High School 20 years ago, and 20 years ago I was one of 88 people. I think you might know Aaliyah Procell. Yeah. She, she and I graduated together. Yeah. We were in the same graduating class. We were two of 88 okay. that graduated That's from North Soda High School. That's about what my graduation class was, was right under 100, I believe. I, yeah. We graduated on the football field. Hell, yeah. We had homecoming in the cafeteria. <laughs> They're taking them suckers to the CenturyLink Center now to graduate. Oh, yeah. There's so many of yeah. them. You know, so got some tomorrow. It's, it's, a, it's a big, big-time place. Um, you know, when I was a kid, Mansfield was a big 3A school. Now I just saw they won the 2A track championship oh so it's kind of going the other way yeah it, mansfield's kind of constricting but logansport's growing stonewall, stonewall is just huge because yeah. it's the closest and it's just because it's the closest one to shreveport yeah um vita blue a's pitcher won two world series mm-hmm. just passed away this week he's from mansfield his sister is the chief of police in mansfield ms annette one of the sweetest ladies you ever meet in your life um who else? I didn't know I was going to get into some Mansfield history. RuPaul. So. RuPaul's family is from Mansfield. No shit. RuPaul is from Mansfield. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Who else famous? Let's see. You had, uh, well, I mean, obviously Dennis Bell. He was on The Voice. He's from Mansfield. Um, I know I'm free. The Hill Brothers. All the Hill Brothers that played at LSU. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, a couple yeah. of them might, have, might even have gone. Pro- Floyd Turner played for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, his daughter and I grew up together in Mansfield. So, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's a happening place, man. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Y'all y'all come y'all come visit DeSoto Parish sometime. I don't even live there anymore. I mean, I I'll probably live there again eventually. You know, once my kids are grown and and gone, I come back to the family place there. My parents still live there in in DeSoto Parish, but still got a lot of family in and around DeSoto Parish. So, I don't know, man. I, I can't answer that question. It's just it's something. It's just something. It just is what it is. There's a lot of it's just. It's got to be just the culture, man. It just has to be. It, it, I think it's a perfect combination of you know, good clean water and 
nothing to do. Yeah. So you learn. There's a lot of churches in Mansfield too. So that's how I got started. Well, every, singing and that, playing. That in church, always seems to be the case. Well, I say always. That, that seems to be a case a lot is when people get in the start there. Um, that's where my grandmother sang too, and you know all that. But like, um, yeah. I mean, it. That's a lot of these artists. Were, I mean, Whitney Houston. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you somebody else. Here's another cool story. George Jones's wife is from Mansfield. The the late wife. I mean, the the most recent wife. The one that's still living. Yeah, yeah she is from Mansfield. Wife, yeah. um, damn, I should tell you somebody else too. Golly, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> but yeah, George Jones used to come to come to town all the time. There's a real funny story. Real funny story. I can tell you real quick. My the one of the guys in dad's band, Mikey Smith. George's bus was in town visiting his wife was visiting his mother in law and he was on a little sachet down yeah. down through Louisiana. They were going to Lafayette or Lake Charles or something. And uh so Mikey finds out he's in the hotel out there by Mansfield High School in eighty four. Mikey finds out what room he's in. So Mr. Mikey, as the story's been told How old me, was he then? Was he a teenager? No, no, he was a grown man. Okay. I mean, this was in the this would have been in the eighties. Okay, so later in the early eighties. Um, so Mr. Mikey finds out what room he's in. He goes in there and the door's cracked open. He slings the door open. George Jones is sitting there eating saltines and drinking a beer or whatever in his white t shirt. Looks up. And Mikey's like George Jones. I'm Mikey Smith. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Said Jones just fell out laughing. He's like, man, sit down, Mikey Smith, have a beer with me. So they sit down, they get to cutting up, drinking. And at the time, Sammy Kershaw is the band leader for George Jones. Okay. So if that, that, that dates it. Yeah. So he's like, man, we're finna make us a little run down to Lake Charles and Lafayette. Why don't you come with us? All right. So Mikey gets on the bus with him, and they just they take off down the road. He's riding the bus with George Jones. And uh, they pull off there on the side of the road, this little bar. Uh, tour manager and Mikey walk in. Tour manager says, excuse me, sir, uh, I'm such and such, George Jones' tour manager. And George Jones would like to rent your bar for the afternoon. Fuck out of here, you know. Yeah. About that time, there's a couple guys sitting at the bar. And about that time, dude walks in. He goes, hey, did y'all know George Jones' bus is in the parking lot? Said that bartender looked at them two guys, get out. Y'all get out right now. <laughs> so he gets out, he closes his bar down. So George and the band, they all come in. They sit down there and they just start drinking. They drink all afternoon. Tour manager comes in, George, time to go. We got to make it to the show, you know. They get back on the bus, George's hammered drunk. They take off down the highway. They get to the show and. George is sitting there slumped over in a chair. He's like, George, what? Or George looks at Mr. Mikey. He's like, Mr. Mikey, why don't you go on out there and get them, get them warmed up for me? So Mikey walks out on stage with George Jones's band, Sammy Kershaw and everything. He's playing and singing. They're getting the crowd going. Said he looked over. Old George was slumped over in that chair, and somebody walks by with something and kind of <laughs> runs it down there around. I said, George pops up. And he whoo, comes out on stage and they get, boy, he just kicks ass. You know, he's just getting after it. Hour, hour and 15 minutes, whatever. Said old George started slurring and staggering. Tour manager comes out and says, Folks, George had a wonderful time. Y'all be careful going home. That was it. And he said, They went and got back on the bus. Said they did that three days in a row. Holy shit. So, yeah. Yeah, it's insane what those people put their bodies through. It's like, 
playing every – I mean, and still today, I mean, mm-hmm. which, what you guys do, but playing every – if you're on tour, like playing every single night, like – Yeah. And, yeah, man. A lot of vocal rest. Well, I mean, Morgan Wallen just announced that he's got to go on vocal rest now for – you know, like six, eight weeks. He's whatever. the one that everyone keeps getting pissed off at for canceling these shows and stuff. Yeah, so he had – I think he had like a, a two-show thing booked at Vault-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, Mississippi, played the first night and blew his voice out. Yeah. And then canceled like – What they attribute that to what? Minute. Like if you're if you're partying too much and trying to and, and trying to sing and – Yeah. yeah. So you're, I mean, your, your vocal cords – a lot of folks, and this is something I I can't claim to be an expert on, and that I even have known about this, but I know that after we play three or four nights in a row, my throat hurts. Yeah, I never understood why until I went to California and started getting vocal training, getting ready for the voice. It's a muscle, man. So all these muscles in your neck, that's what helps manipulate your mouth and your throat and your vocal cords to produce different pitches. Um, and you can damage it just like you could be doing a bench press and, you know, tear a pectoral muscle yep. or, you know, tear, a, tear your labrum or something yep. like that. You, you can tear and damage your vocal cords and your vocal folds just like you can damage any other muscle in your body. So when you abuse it, you're smoking cigarettes and alcohol is one of the worst things for it because it dehydrates you. Um, when you abuse it and you don't take care of it, there's consequences to it and folks are upset about it because there should have been somebody along the way and there probably was but he just ignored it thinking he's invincible and bulletproof telling me you take it easy you take it easy take it easy and take care of your voice you know and he just didn't because he's used to being a weekend warrior right it'd be like taking old whiskey and trying to throw us into that right now we wouldn't make it two weeks because everything i got would be blowed out yeah you know and it's everybody, not conditioned for it. you're just not conditioned yeah. for it you know so and you can't do the same things you were doing on those on when you're just playing the weekends as would, you do when you're playing every single night and when you learn that that's how that works <clears throat> it makes what folks like garth brooks do even that more impressive to yeah. be able to play you know two two-hour shows a night or a two-hour show tonight and a two-hour show tomorrow night you know for him to be able to do that that's that's impressive. Yeah. It's like some superhuman shit happening there, you know. So, well, a lot of people don't respect that because they just show up and they're used to hearing on the radio. That's right. And they want to hear it the same damn way they hear that's it on the radio. That's exactly right. They just want sing, to sing, sing, monkey, yep. sing for me. Yep. Dance. Yep. And uh, they they don't understand there's a whole lot that goes into it. So, but I mean, Luke Combs, kind of same thing. He had he had a a deal where he blew his vocal cords out. Now, some would argue that he handled it a lot better than Wallen did. You know, he come out performed anyway the best he could and refunded everybody's money that night yeah it's like hey you're getting a refund for this ticket i need y'all to sing with me i'm gonna do the best i can but it ain't gonna be a show worth paying for so i'm giving you money back but y'all are here you came to see me we're not rescheduling we're gonna we're gonna do this right now so yeah he's that's a, that's one that's i, I want to go see that's that's doing, yeah, like doing the him. right things yeah, like to see him. writes his music you know super talented singer and from everything I've read and seen online, he seems like a genuinely good dude, you know, all around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's it's crazy. It's a, it's a workout. I'm I'm I will be hoarse come Sunday morning after playing tonight and tomorrow night and, and Saturday night. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Big difference in getting on stage and playing four or five hours, and just you think about it, you go to a concert, you go see the main act. 
you see somebody play for an hour and a half, you've seen something. Yeah. You know, when the Eagles come out and play for two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, or Aerosmith plays for two hours, that's that's something. Like, that That ain't how it works. Normally you get 45 minutes to an hour. That's, that's what a pro set is like because those guys are fixing to do that again four more times in the next five days. Mm-hmm. So they're not fixing to get out there and sing for two, three, four, five hours. And that's what a lot of folks around here will get upset. They, you know, they call you and they want you to play for five hours for, you know, $300 in a bar tab. <laughs> well, there's five of us in the band. You want us to play for five hours. That's a lot, man. You know, that's, we're not digging ditches here. We're, we're exerting ourselves. You don't go watch a football game for five hours. Yeah. You don't watch a baseball game for five hours. Five hours, three hundred dollars, and a bar and, tab, and and all the while drinking. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? like, yeah, and, and and so here lately, I've you know I've been on a little bit of a weight loss journey myself. Since I was going to say something, but I want to bring it up. But you look like you slimmed up a little. Yeah, I've lost about fifty pounds. Okay, congratulations. So, thank you, I appreciate it. What are you doing? My wife is a she became a health coach. Okay, so she's lost seventy plus pounds. She's coaching this program. It's like a dietary program. And uh, she was doing so good with it, and I was a uh, big old fat piece of shit and tired of feeling like hell all the time. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try some of that. And so I got on it with her back in January after she had already lost 50 pounds. And um, she's been doing that, and the big thing is cutting out the drinking. Man, it's so – yeah, it makes such a big difference. You cut that out and watch, like, you know, just, like, consuming the things that have all the bullshit in mm-hmm. them and actually looking at the label. Like, it – People make it out to be like it's so fucking hard, but it really isn't. It's man. not. We, we have the we have access to all the information, to do everything right. It's That's like right. You refuse to fucking do the right thing, yeah, and then you bitch and moan because you don't feel good. That's right. Or because you're taking having to take medication, you know, and all these things. Yeah, I had a guy I was talking to a guy this morning about it. He's like, man, I I built me a home gym. Some of it just don't work. I walk by it every day. <laughs> and I ain't, it, it, it ain't it ain't done nothing for me yet, you know. So some it's people like people need a swift kick in the ass, and some people it'll never happen for. Like we work so hard to to, to make our life so easy. Yeah. Sometimes that you know that that worth ethic goes out the window when that happens, or when you finally get home, you don't want to exert the energy. So right. I tell a lot of people like we have a home gym, but my we still go to use you know the CrossFit gym, but. If for some reason I have to miss the CrossFit gym, I know I have that to fall back that on. Backup. That's not my, my primary gym. That's just my backup in case that's right. fucks up or COVID hit. You know, COVID hit, that's sure. all I had, you know. Sure. Um, well, and, you know, one of the biggest things was I travel a lot. And so whether it be for work or doing music stuff coming up here, I was packing my toiletry bag up one day, and I couldn't get everything in my toiletry bag. And I'm like, what in the fuck? What, what is going on here, you know? So then I start emptying it out, and I realize I've got – I've got this pill and I've got that pill and I got this pill and then I got this stuff that I got to spray in my nose and then I've got this pill for my restless legs and it's like, what am I doing? And then I'm packing my CPAP machine up and it's like, dude, I'm 36 years old or 37 years old. I'm on all this medication. Like, this can't be good. You know, well, do something about it. So started doing something about it. I don't take any pills anymore. I don't sleep with a CPAP machine anymore. It's literally that, it's that simple. Like, what, what, like taking all these out, pills to try to fix this when all I had to do was just stop eating damn ice cream and drinking yeah. a six pack of beer every night. Are you doing, you know? um, were you working out every day or a couple of days a week? I just, I, so I, I ruptured a disc in my back at the end of January. Okay. Um, and the program that we're on recommends that if you are not already performing physical activity on a regular basis, that you do not add anything to your daily regimen. You just, you get your, 
get your diet under control first Mm -hmm. and then once you get into your where you're going into maintenance then we want to start adding some physical activity and we can so about two weeks ago i signed up for uh this place called hot works so it's basically infrared saunas Mm -hmm. yoga pilates core iso um bar none which is like ballet without the bar so it's all mobility stuff and that coupled with the heat i'm thinking all right this is going to be really good for my back Little did I know when I get in there, yoga is hard. Fuck, it's hard. There is nothing girly about yoga. It is hard. It's just stretching. That's what it is. It is. It is physically challenging. And then you do it inside of a hundred and thirty degree infrared sauna, and it takes it to another. This is hot yoga. Well, then on the other side of the studio. Because, me, I'm a very impatient person, and I got a lot going on. So, for me to go sit in one spot for 30, 45 minutes just to exercise i'm looking for a reason to get out of that on the other side of the studio they've got shorter classes one studio's got a row machine in it one's got the salt bike or echo bike yeah, yeah whatever you want to call that and then two of them have like regular old spin bikes well the seat on the spin bike is about as wide as that microphone <laughs> and i was like well, i'm not sitting on that the row machine it I can do it, but it's not. I still bad on the back. It's right not now. super oh, yeah, comfortable yeah. right now because yeah. my core is still so weak yeah. from from having the blowout. Um, but this guy here, it's got a big old banana seat on yep. it, and I'm like, man, I can sit on that for 10, 15 minutes. So, man, I get in there, and it's just the same. There's a TV on the wall. The girl's talking to you through the sauna, and there's three bikes sitting in there, and it it just it's on a loop, a 15 minute loop, 24 hours a day. So there's no excuse. Get up and go. Go whenever you can. They got a shower in there. If you're out working, you can swing by there. And and so basically, I've, last two or three weeks, I've been going in there. Got my damn Apple Watch rigged up. Tracking this, tracking made it a little this, competition yeah. between me and Stacy. So she's go. she started running five Ks. She runs a five K just about every day, which is it blows my mind. I, I told her that I was like. Who are who are we? What is this? <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? Hey, like like you were bar hopping probably two, three years ago or oh, whatever, you know, whatever. And oh, dude, music. I'd come up here for a weekend, and, yeah. and it wouldn't be nothing to drink two or three cases of beer yeah. over the course of three or four days yeah. and and drink a fifth of whiskey on stage. And then you get home on Sunday. You, you, you try to get up and go home, and you can't get up, and you end up getting home at dark Sunday night, and you feel like hell, and then you got to go to work on Monday. And now it's like you pop up out of bed after a show, and it's like, nah feel good yeah I, I had a beer all night long you know yeah. so it it's it's a whole different whole different ball game whole different ball game but i had a goal i had a goal dj i wanted to be able to to wear a nice belt buckle so look i got at, me a look at there i got me a belt and a belt buckle <laughs> that i can wear now um so it's just one more thing for me to put in my closet and accessorize with i got i got like five different belt buckles now i change them out as my mood changes what, you, um, what are you doing nutrition wise what do you like how are you eating so um it's it's a supplement deal okay. so you you do um the program i'm on i eat five of these supplements a day okay and they're they're balanced you know the macros and the macros are, are balanced are right so you eat is this like a is this like a higher protein lower carb higher fat what's the ratio it varies for you or what's your own it, it varies from fueling to fueling right but it, it basically ends up being like a light form of keto yeah so the, each one of the fuelings has 
vitamins and stuff in it so you don't have to take any extra supplements you just eat these fuelings and then you prepare yourself one meal a day that's lean and green gotcha. so a lot of a lot of grills. i've heard about this program before and I've, i can't remember the name what's the name uh, optavia okay yeah yeah it Opt- used to be metafast yeah 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 it's so been heard, around yeah, for but, years yeah i've heard people have and it's great all success from it yeah. yeah it's all doctor developed yeah. and if you do it correctly and you have a good coach which stacy is my coach if you have a good coach that can explain it and break it down and kind of help you change your mindset, you it, it works. It, well, stuff like that. The, the, what my advice to everyone that ever asks me things is like you have to you have to become knowledgeable about what you're putting in your body. Correct. Like doing something like that keeps you conscientious of what you're taking in macro wise, right? Right. And so when you finally get like that's a temporary solution to create a lifelong you know Correct. Um, lifestyle. That's exactly so, right. So once you get through that, then you know moving forward what you're putting in your body, what's your, what you're going to get back from. That's right. That's right. And for anybody listening still at this point to me talk, um, let me just go and give you a cheat code. Everything has sugar in it. Oh, yeah, everything. Look at the labels. Yeah. Stay around the perimeter of the grocery store. Yeah. Leafy green. Um, leafy green. I had a guy tell me, uh, Nate Edwards. Oh, that's my boy. My boy, Nate. He gave me the best piece of advice from a nutrition standpoint anybody's ever given me. If it had parents or it grew out of the ground, get after it. Yep. Colorful, green, leafy, and if it had parents, go nuts. Stay out of the middle of the grocery store. Yeah. Make your own spaghetti sauce. Make your own hamburger helper. Make your own pasta. Yeah. Like, don't eat that stuff in the center of the store because that stuff is made – to sit on a shelf it's got so many preservatives and, and stuff in it this that's why everybody's got cancer well that's why you're that's why you're all these boomers are having all these health issues and they're just now coming about right. because this stuff was really really you know introduced pretty heavy in like sure. what the the 70s 80s you know well i, I would say 60s I would, I would go back to the like the 50s yeah, the was, golden you age know, like, you know post-war yeah i guess when you had like tv dinners come out microwave like, dinners. even that far back yeah that's right yeah that's but right. i mean it, it comes really prevalent when you like the cereals and the you know just cutting things down big pharma and big ag got together oh yeah to be like how can we make them fatter and sicker and yeah let me Make take money my, off of them. Take my tinfoil hat off. Oh, no, dude, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. Like, it's it's very, like, it's people look at it, you know, the same. And they, it's it's hard to think about, too, because you're like, well, our ancestors used to eat that way, but they only lived to 50. Yeah, because they lived a way hard, more harsh lifestyle. Yeah. And they, they ate that way because that's the only way they could eat. That's right. When it was healthy. We said it was healthy. It was farm-raised food and farm-raised produce. That's right. But at the same time. They didn't have all these medications to combat certain things, you know, because I'm not saying sure. medicine's bad. Like, there's certain things that you – and they didn't have the knowledge where you sh- I should, you know, only eat this type of animal versus this type of plant, you know. Right. And not this animal in surplus, more this one, you know. And Well, hell, I mean, back in them days, just having a child could be a death sentence. Right. So that that nutritional information with modern medicine, yeah. dude, you could you could have somebody live to be a hundred hundred and fifty years old and oh, still yeah. be healthy, oh, yeah. you know. But you you gotta you gotta stay out of the middle. I tell everybody, just stay out of the middle of the grocery store, stay away from the sweets, you know. Get you get you a good drink, but don't do it every night. Don't do it every weekend. Just have moderation is key with anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like to have a. I'll have one bad meal a couple times a month, maybe. And when I say bad, it's it's most people's daily. For yeah. me, it's bad. You know, like a big ass. I got to thinking about it. it's like 
All right, we'll see. I had uh, I had a venti full fat caramel macchiato <laughs> and a chocolate croissant for breakfast, and then mid morning that's I, a thousand calories right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it probably it, that, that's probably eighty grams of carbs. That's what I'm taking in in a day now, yeah. cal- calorie wise. And then you know mid morning I'd have me a a Monster Energy drink. Uh, I have not had any water yet. Now I'll go to lunch. I'm going to sit down and have me a damn half and half tea and, you know, a big old plate of jambalaya or, you know, fried fish or something mm-hmm. like that. And then mid-afternoon, I feel like shit. So, man, I better get me another energy drink or another yep. coffee. So I might stop by Starbucks and get me another venti full-fat caramel macchiato. And then for dinner, I'm going to I'm gonna have – I still haven't had any water yet. <laughs> for, for dinner, oh, well, let's go eat Mexican food. So I'm going to have a big old plate of enchiladas and seven baskets of chips and queso and a margarita and four beers. And I've just taken in 9,000 calories Easily. today. Easily. I have not drank a drop of water, and I've done nothing but sit in my truck or at a computer. No shit, you weigh 287 pounds. Are you shocked? Well, it's easily you're, you're inflamed and you're dehydrated. That's and it. that leads to fucking health issues. I mean, so what's wrong least. with me? doc i feel bad yeah. well you eat like shit yeah. and you don't move yeah. <laughs> well i'm glad you got it figured out hell yeah man i feel, I like feel good got it all going i, I feel good and you know i'm I, i'll talk about that all day long man because i, I, my, I can't my too. life has changed well, it, and it's and it, it's such a cliche to say it but i'm telling you my life has changed i'm sleeping better i feel better i'm working out um there's other things that are going a lot better yeah Um, I look better in a bathing suit. I can wear my fancy belt buckles. There's so much more confidence. I can go sing and play a gig without sweating a barrel of sweat. You know, I'm still going to sweat. I'm a sweater, but not like it was, you know, Mm -hmm. so just the whole thing top to bottom has been life changing. Yeah. I mean, people probably get, people get tired of me talking about it, but like listen to someone talk about who's went through a recent transformation is huge because people, sure. need to, people are sitting there like, I don't think I can do it. Anybody can fucking do it, man. You watch those shows where those people weigh a thousand pounds, like yeah. lose 500. Like you can do it. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care if you're, that's right. Your knees hurt or what? Everyone has an excuse, man. It's like, Oh, diabetes runs in my family. No motherfucker eating honey buns runs in your family. You need to quit doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, or I can't move my mobility. My knees are shot. Knees are probably shot because you wait too fucking much. Yeah, you know? so absolutely. Start just doing some type of movement. We're all gonna check out one day. Yeah. And how do you want to go? Do you want to go on your terms, or do you want to go a long, slow, miserable, wasting away death? And yeah. that's where I was headed, and I didn't want to be that way. I just want to. I want to check out when it's time to check yeah, I just out. I want it to be a surprise. I don't want to know it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's right. That's I don't right. be like, well, got diagnosed with this, so doc tells me I may make it six months, get my life right, I might make it a year. No, I'd rather just just let just wipe me out. That's right. You know when it's not when I don't see it coming. That's right. <laughs> well, man, I've, I've had a good time. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Let's wrap this thing up. Absolutely, we'll All do right. it again one yes, day. Sir. All right, appreciate it. Uh,